This episode is brought to you by the insurance agent I use for my own business, Doug Lynch, and his broker, Tracy Deerfelt, with the Nationwide Contractors Alliance. In the last year, I got to know Doug and Tracy as they were consulting for me on some questions I had for my own company. And after more than a decade in the business, I can confidently say I didn't even understand half the equation when it comes to general liability insurance. I'm confident, actually, that very few builders do. I had some big gaps in my understanding and even more in my coverage. Now, this is a risk-heavy business and you can't leave everything you've built. No pun intended to chance. Make sure you have good protection. Make sure you have reliable protection and make sure the agents you work with have your back. Doug and Tracy are by far the best I've found in the business or I wouldn't use them myself. They assessed my particular business, built me a customized plan around it, and now... Of course, I sleep better at night as a result. Visit douglaslynch.com and nwcalliance.com to learn more about how insurance and other solutions can really work for builders. I don't know about you, but I think it's high time we circle back on everybody's favorite topic, little tax and accounting. We have Sherry Allshouse joining us today, and you may know the name, and if so, quite possibly, it's because she has been on the show already two times. So this is her third appearance on Building Optimal. I always love interviewing her because she is uh, top of the top when it comes to her knowledge of home building. And actually, I say her knowledge. She is a husband-wife team her husband, Kurt, they have the Allshouse Group out of Houston. And Sherry always has some gems to share with us. Today, we're going to hit on a few things, five questions, what we call AMA, Ask Me Anything. Um, a few of you guys sent in your questions that uh, I turned around and posted to Sherry. So we've got a few questions on software. We got a few questions on change orders and how to track expenses that don't have POs. And then we also are going to talk about some updates with uh, new tax legislation and uh, available tax credits for home builders. So this is a fairly short episode. I think it's less than 30 minutes, if I'm not mistaken. Anyway, enjoy it. Hopefully you'll learn at least one thing. Okay, so let, let's break the interview into two parts. We'll first hit on some accounting questions that our listeners have asked, and then we'll jump into a few tax questions. So um, to kick it off, what accounting software do you recommend? And, and that's a very interesting question and really kind of hard to just say, oh, we'll go buy this piece of software because there's so many things that you have to really look at uh, for each individual. It's almost like you guys doing a custom home. <laughs> it depends on what you want, what upgrades you'd like to have. So what we usually do, and this is kind of how we attack the process, is, you know, find out first, list the problems that you have. You know, what problems are you having with the current software? It could be that you're using Excel and you're just tired of using Excel 
It could be that you've gone past QuickBooks or you're having issues with QBO. So it's really the problems that you're trying to solve by going to a new level of software. But then don't forget the things that are going well. I have seen people change their software, and they just traded one set of problems for another set of problems. And so it really wasn't a good mix. So having that understanding of what you may be giving up to go to another piece of software is, is really good to know as well. So those are the things we like people kind of do is set a list together. Then we start looking at their operations, such as where are you going to be in the next couple of years? Are you going to stay building five homes? Are you going to triple in size? Are you going to add, you know, more employees? You know, what is your business going to look like in the next couple of years? And I don't know about you, Jared, I really don't like going past a two to three year mark with software because it changes so fast. I mean, you have and then also knowing where you want to be in two to three years. So that's kind of where we look at that uh, when we kind of gauge how long you want the software, because also as you start moving up in the pricing of software, obviously this becomes a big expense. So as you get more expensive software, I would look a little further out than that. Will they be able to solve your problems? The other times, people also purchase software that they really don't need. They're paying for a lot of uh, add-ons that they're not even touching. And I don't know if you've seen that or had that happen. Oh, for sure. Not. Yeah. All, all of so, the above. <laughs> <laughs> so it's really kind of going through. It's really what questions should I also be asking? So we also ask for... Um, how do you charge for your homes? Are you a cost plus for a build on your lot program? Are you cost plus, fixed price, fixed fee, or a combination thereof? Uh, also, uh, what we're looking at is how do you interact with your customers? I mean, a lot of spec builders, I was inside the Loop townhomes. Well, we had to be 95% complete before we could sell anything. A lot of times it was 100% complete, so all every selection was already made colors, et cetera. So our interaction with the clients were very minimal. They might ask us to change a wall color, but it was very minimal, unlike a build on your lot program where you have constant interaction, constant change orders and that. And so what you're going to look for is really what is my system going to be built for that? Uh, and how am I going to interact with my clients? Then I would also say, who needs Who's going to have access to this information? Do I have employees that need access to the information? Is it going to be secure? Uh, also, do I have an outside accountant that I'm using? And nowadays, and I don't know if you've covered this at all, there's a lot of people that are outsourcing. I'm not saying just outsourcing in the United States. I mean outsourcing in India and in the Philippines. Those are the two main locations that I've seen the outsourcing. Uh, so you've got to have a system that if that is your intention to outsource that, that they have access and easy access to this information as well. Then I would also look at how many companies. We have plenty of clients that have more than one company that they're working at. They have segregated a remodeling company from their spec building company, et cetera. And some of these software will charge more for the companies and some software charged by the users. Then uh, how experienced is your accounting team? Uh, if it's 
you know, if you've got an accounting team that knows the building industry and gets software, I mean, you're on a, you're on a great start. But if you're having a brand new bookkeeper come in that has never looked at a building company, they may have some experience in QuickBooks. Uh, you really need to figure out how to get them trained and get them trained properly and not assume that they I've seen too many people say, well, I've done QuickBooks. I know it. I'm a QuickBooks expert. And when they get into the construction, they don't realize all the nuances that go with the construction side of this. They think more of like the electrician or the plumber where it's a quick turnaround and they're running everything through the profit and loss, unlike a builder where it can take, well, what you're building, a year and a half to get through the project. And so how you set up your QuickBooks is important. And I'm saying QuickBooks because that is one that a lot of builders use uh, when they're starting out. And then also, are you going to do estimates and POs? There's a lot of times that the answer is, I'm not going to do POs. I want my estimates still on my Excel spreadsheet. And then that's a different conversation of what type of software should you be looking at. Uh, I always try to get people to go towards estimates and POs uh, to make it work, but not everybody does that. So those are some of the questions uh, that we look at. Now, there are other questions that you want to talk about, Jared, on this? No, I, I guess I'm curious if you were to look at a pie chart from y'all's experience, because you guys see a lot of clients. Mm -hmm. The majority are going to be, the majority of the pie is still represented by QuickBooks, am I right? Absolutely. That is the, the biggest uh, piece of software. Well, there's two reasons. It's inexpensive, and on the surface... It's very easy to use. And I say on the surface because a lot of times what we see is people are not using it to its full capacity. They don't know what they don't know. And that's really what we see because it can do estimates. It can do POs, the, the desktop. The online version is not as good right now for the builders. Yeah. And then I will tell you, there's a couple other pieces of software that we look at as people start growing and figuring out what they want as their interaction uh, for the large builders. And those are the spec builders that are turning 50 to 100 units and more. They're looking at BRICS, B-R-I-X, and there's a setup charge for that. Uh, the, the group is, the software is out of Dallas, it's hyphen they actually bought it from a group out of Austin, uh, so they're for you locally. <laughs> and then there's uh, – so those are our big guys that we see uh, that it's a really good, solid piece of software. It does a lot. Uh, the other one that comes – that we've seen is CHS Software Solutions, and I believe she's also in Austin. Is that – you is. know that one, Jay? Yeah. yeah. We're, we're cranking yeah. out the brain children of the – Building accounting yes. industry. <laughs> nice. Yes, you are. Uh, well, that's good. Uh, but there's been a lot of movement towards, but some of these players, Bricks and uh, CHS Software, those guys have been around a long time. So it's not like we're getting them moving in from California in here. These guys have been here a long time. Uh, so we know we've seen the reports and we like the reports. As for the rest of the setup and uh the uh, help, the help desk and that, we can't opine on that. 
that's just something that we don't have enough experience with to say. But BRICS is good. We can't opine on that. Easy report system. Uh, and also their help desk, if we've had any issue, has been good on there. The other one is SAGE. And the only thing I would say about SAGE is you've got to find an expert that knows what they're doing to help you set that up. And it's also an expensive piece of software. It's not cheap. Uh, so on those are the big ones that we see, and that's kind of the split. But, yeah, QuickBooks, I haven't seen much on um, Zero, and I know they're trying to get into the market in the sense of online. Zero is just Z-E-R-O? Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. Well, that gives us enough to chew on. I think that's a, a nice analysis of the different options out there. So let's move on to question number two. How is the best way to track and process change orders? Now, this is going to come down to uh, software. So, and I'm not sure if the person was asking from a standpoint of going through the full process or are they just looking at software? What do you think they're asking? You know you what? Have- I, I should have gotten a little color on this before I just flipped it over to you, but I didn't. So you, you're left with as much information on this as I am. <laughs> so take it in any direction you want. Take it in any direction. Um, well, I'm going to take it from the standpoint if somebody was asking this is not the process, because I feel most builders understand the process and the sense of the customer coming in, making the selection of the change orders. I, I think they're looking from an accounting standpoint. And it and there's a couple different types of change orders that I know with custom builders. Uh, change orders in the sense of I've already agreed on what my structure looks like. Well, once it starts getting building, you know what? I really want to change that wall. I don't like where it sits, and now I'm going to have to do a change order, get the framer back out, get new materials and that. So that would be a, a what we would call, you know, like a true change order. And so you've got the client to sign off on it. On QuickBooks, you do have the ability to have a, a sub job on the desktop. Uh, so you can run it, but you've got to make sure when the costs come in, it's getting coded to that sub job. And really, that becomes the difficult part. And this is where having purchase orders makes it a lot easier. Because when you send a purchase order out to the frame, you know, out to the um, lumber company, and you say, "Hey, there's going to be drop another thousand dollars of lumber for me," and the framer says, "I'm going to charge you," and maybe I have this the wrong way, five hundred dollars of lumber and fifteen hundred dollars for the labor uh, that. You aren't sure when the stuff's coming in from the lumber company because maybe other things are being dropped. Was that for my change order? So you've with the PO, if you sent the PO over, when the invoice shows up from the lumber company, it will have that PO number on it. And so now I do know it is for that change order, and I can code it specifically to that change order. So you do have the ability to run that uh, and, and do that in QuickBooks. That would be the same thing in any of these other systems, but it's the fact of you've got to have the, uh, what I want to say, the 
desire to really run that change order and the regiment in your structure that this is how we're going to do it. So you've got to set in a procedure and follow the procedure to get it through the system. There's no magical pill except for that procedure. So the best procedure is to get the, the change order into the system with the estimate, get the purchase orders put in. Even if you don't send it out to the lumber guy or the labor guy, at least that purchase order is sitting there, but I would send it out so it gets on their invoice. So when you type in their name, the POs come up, and now you've got that change order. And then you can run a report for that specific, did I make money on that change order? All right. Let's let's hit on number three then. What is the best way to track expenses that don't get POs, like runs to Home Depot? So for Home Depot, so the question I would have is first, is it credit card or is it you have an account at Home Depot? So which which way would you like to, you want to answer both of those? Let, let's go with, hmm, I'll just choose randomly here and let's say credit cards first. Okay, yes. Credit cards, um, they are great because you get this cash back. That's why a lot of builders like it, but they can also be the bane of your existence. The best thing, a lot of these software have the ability to load up pictures of your receipts and get them coded in. I mean, the best thing, if you don't have that piece of software like receipts.com or QBO where you can load it up and get it coded in, the other way is we all have, you know, phones with cameras on them. Take a picture of it and email it to your accountant or whoever's doing the books or to yourself with a note what it is. So what the job and what you want to cost code it to. And just send those out. I mean, that is the quickest way to get it done is just, again, it's something that you just do automatically. It's something you've got to do automatically because the biggest problem that we see is coming back in even two weeks later or three weeks later on purchases and not knowing how to code it. So there's all sorts. There's like receipt.com. We got a client using Concur. That's a little more expensive out there. QBO has the ability to upload receipts as well. And again, like I said, just your phone, taking a picture, and emailing it. Yeah, I know there's some software out there. I think Expensify is another one. We do exactly mm-hmm. what you just described. We we intentionally keep it low-tech sometimes. <laughs> and it just sometimes it seems like it's it's actually less brain damage, ironically. So that's exactly what we do. Snap a picture, and we've got a we've got a special email to send it in, so everything gets filtered to the same same place. And that's exactly what I was going to suggest next. Now, what I, I was going to ask you, what we suggest with our builders is that they have a place where vendors can send all their invoices, so it's all in one email location. Do you actually have a separate email for your credit cards or is it the same one that you give out to your vendors? It's the same. It's the same one. Yeah. In, invoices at, at gossetco.com. Don't anybody okay. email that, but there you, there you yeah, go. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Right, right. You're not going to pay them. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that's what, I mean, it's so easy. And again, if you've got people that are not in your, or even in your office, 
But again, if you're using the outsourcing to the Philippines or the India, I mean, this is how you do it. This keeps you from also having to scan your receipts and send them off to somebody. Yeah. Agreed. So, I mean, yeah. So, but it, it really comes down to what we see as the biggest problem. Even if that's in place, it's the doing it. So it's one of those things they haven't had enough pain point <laughs> to where they're going to do it every time they do the receipt. Yeah. Yeah. And, and we had that in the past where you get sometimes your, your project manager that just forgets. And so sometimes receipts don't get sent in and you got to go hunt them down later. So I don't have the exact solution other than just trying to make sure everybody who's who would ever be in charge of a credit card gets that habit in place. And I just found it's just really the same process as forming any habit. Once once it gets in, in place, then you cut your error rate down to, you know, 2%. And then, like, if you have an account with Home Depot, they have the ability to put on there the job. Yep. So they do have that on the receipts, to those receipts that come in. So if you have, if you use Home Depot a lot, it might be a good thing for you to go open up an account. But again... You can't just run in, get a piece of lumber, and not give the information that it's for a specific job or yeah. a sink or whatever else. But again, it's going to somebody to code. Now, you may be looking at that, and if you've got a bookkeeper on the other end that isn't as familiar of where you want your codes at, then you're going to have to spend a little bit of time coding, saying, I want it, this needs to be in lumber, this needs to be in electrical, or however, whatever you're picking up. Yeah. All right. You ready to switch gears and talk a little tax? Yeah, let's talk a little tax. All right. The fun stuff. Here, <laughs> here goes. There you go. Let's see. Question number one. Any tax updates that are affecting us for the upcoming tax season? So, uh, you know, on this one... There was a big law change, right, you know, at the end of 2017, the middle of 2017, that affected the 2018 tax year. So everybody's still working their way through what do these rules mean. So you may not be free. You may actually be getting a call from your accountant saying, hey, I didn't do this right. We're going to amend the return to get it right. Because the IRS is allowing for amendments, especially for that 20% deduction, and how you group things, and this is way beyond, you know, this type of call. <laughs> if you guys want to join tax calls, uh, you know, feel free. But there are aggregation rules. I'm just saying that there's some rules out there, and as things change, you're allowing 18 to be amended and get corrected. Because once you do these aggregations and you bring different businesses together, that is how it's supposed to look going forward. So this is the opportunity to get that straight. So you may have to amend the 2018 tax return. Don't be shocked on that. Also, what's coming about could be amended from 2018 is that on December 20th, while we were all getting ready for Christmas, uh, Congress actually passed some bills and Trump signed it. Uh, we did get some extenders, which was nice. They made some changes. Uh, and when I say extenders, they the energy credit is probably the best thing for a spec builder. And this isn't for the custom guys because this is really for the spec builders, is that they actually retroactive and brought in the energy credit 
for 2018. So we actually have clients now that are going to go back out, look at all the houses they closed in 2018 and see what qualifies for their credit and amend the return. The odds are it's going to be worth it to them. We did this when the, the energy credit first came out is amending returns. So again, that opportunity's there. There's a few other things that were small that may create a, an amended return for their individual. But again, you're going to have to weigh what it costs to amend the return to what the benefit of that deduction was. Uh, and some of them were kind of small, so we don't see that those amended returns are going to happen. The other piece of it was really for the retirement plans. Uh, they did make some real changes on the retirement plans, so this is my suggestion for the for everybody. If you are using retirement plans as an estate tool, you need to get back with your estate planner because they eliminated what they called the stretch, which allowed you people to inherit your IRA and now do it over their lifetime. That's pretty much gone. It's just a 10-year stretch now. Uh, it can be shorter. So there's some things that have changed also making sure that they have uh, given, they have signed out on their 401ks who are their beneficiaries because, again, there's a lot of things there that they need to make sure that they've tied up properly. So if you're using retirement plans for estate planning and also you haven't assigned your beneficiaries to your IRAs and that, make sure you guys are doing that. Go back into your documentation and saying that. But beyond that, uh, there's really the, the law that was signed right before Christmas. I don't think there's a lot there for the builders except for that energy credit if you're a spec builder. Okay. Now here's the last question, mm -hmm. and then I have a, uh, a, a bonus question for you cool. at the end. So question number five, what are the available tax credits and write-offs for new homes with special features like energy efficiency? Now I'm assuming these would be tax credits that obviously would go to the builder. Well, the, one that, the only thing that the builder gets is the 2000K credit. And that's the one that you'll have to, you want to get a group to come in and there are people out there that are engineers, et cetera, that will make sure that your house qualifies, these houses qualify for that energy credit. So they give a certification for it. And not all houses will qualify. So it, it just depends on how you build your homes and they're going to be the ones that will rate it for you. So that's the ones that you want to go after. For home buyers, uh, again, the, there's a uh, lifetime credit uh, cap is $500 and it's been extended through 2020. So it's nothing huge. So that just, there's nothing big that came out except for that energy credit that's been out there for the home builders. It's just been ex extended. If you're a build on your lot, you will not, that's nothing you can get because that's the customer's house. So the $500 lifetime cap is for the homeowner, but mm -hmm. this, two, this 2000 is for the, the builder. builder slash general contractor. And that applies even to new homes, not just to retrofitted homes, correct? That's for new construction. For new construction. $2,000, you need to get a certification. And uh, we have not done that. I need to look and see why we haven't. 
Well, it could for a while there because there wasn't a, a big market. There wasn't a lot of people in that market space that was providing that service. The service was fairly expensive. It has come down in price because there's more people in that market space. So that's that's kind of the good news. It was running about a thousand dollars a house. You're getting a two thousand dollar credit, but you're paying somebody a thousand dollars to do it. Uh, now it's running. Uh, the last I heard is around four hundred dollars a house. So the, the analysis as you're parsing this out, you have to think about four hundred dollars. You go ahead and pay right now in real time, and then you get this two thousand dollar credit when whenever you plan, however far into the future you're going to be writing your check for your taxes. So just something for everyone to think about. Right, and there's some other rules just so that they know. Just because you got the credit doesn't mean you get to utilize the credit. Uh, there are other uh, like anything with the tax law, there's other things that you have to look at and there's other limitations. And so you want to make sure that before you cut that check, that you've also talked to your, your tax accountant and say, hey, you know, how am I going to be able to utilize this? Because if you don't have enough income, you're not going to be able to utilize that credit. Now, the credit carries forwards. So, you know, it could be that, but just make sure that you're looking for that. Okay. Do you by chance know the name of the certification that you need to turn in? If not, we can look it up. Right. You don't turn it into the IRS. It's the group that you need to go. And, I, you know, it's funny. I, I always want to say KPMG, but it's not. That's one of the accounting firms. I think it's KBKG, I believe, is the name of the firm. <laughs> I've used them. So <laughs> that's it's kind of bad that, you know, <laughs> it's KBKG. It, yeah, it's KBKG. And they're out of California. I would have to get the other name. There is another group here in Texas that does it as well. But I would have to get that name. I've had I've had one-on-one -on -one experience with KBKG. Yeah. Okay. That's any name that's ever more than three initials. That if anybody's listening, and you got a company with with four initials or more. You need to just change it. It's just too hard <laughs> for people to remember. <laughs> there you go. All right. Here is the here is the last question as a motorcycle drives by. Um, what is here's our bonus. Um, just open season for you. Any issues that you're seeing a lot of your clients question you about or things that you see that we are tripping up on these days that you think is worth mentioning as a as a public service announcement to the listeners it the biggest thing i see tripping up is really not understanding getting letting the customers get ahead of them in their and i'm talking for the, the customers guys yeah on the draws yeah and not understand not really monitoring that uh, and then the other thing is having a, a, a clear picture of what their production time is. And I know everything when you're doing custom is different, but you should be able to know how you're getting through those stages. Now, if you're the only one doing it, obviously that's a different issue. But when you have your superintendents or project managers out there, is not having a clear set expectation for those project managers. So weekly meetings, if you're not doing it, with the expectation of this is how fast things should be moving and why aren't there, what's the holdup, having that type of meeting with your project managers 
don't blow it off. Do it on a weekly basis. Plus, look at your, on a weekly basis, where your customers sit. And are you collecting enough in advance? Because we should never be funding our customers. Yep. Agreed. I think that's fantastic advice. And I hope that uh, somebody hears that and adjusts their process because of that. Um, All right. Well, Sherry, as always, I'm smarter after talking to you. So thank you so much. (laughs) Well, thank you. Enjoy the rest of the day, right? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. All right. You as well. We'll talk soon. Okay. Talk to you later. Bye.